Okay, welcome back everybody. It's the Link Duo here. I've got Jordan here. Well, that's me, Jordan, and I've got... <laughs> wow, good start. Uh, it's Adam here of the Link Duo with our uh, special guest, Toby. And we've had Toby on before. Welcome back, Toby. Hey, thank you. What's going on, man? How's lockdown been? You got you guys out of it or...? It, no, we're back in now, so it's exhilarating. Um, but it's all right. Uh, we're in a small town here, so there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah. So you, you guys sit and wait and wait out the world and see what happens yeah. next. So you guys, uh, a few months ago, moved relocated from Coffs Harbour. Yeah, down to Port Macquarie. Yeah, nice. Which any preference? Uh no, it's all right. I like it a little bit better here than Coffs, but I mean, I don't know at the moment. It's strange times in the world, so it's hard to get a real good feel and judgment on any place, really. Yeah, true that. All right, so today's topic, um, it's a topic, uh, I think it's starting to get a bit more light on it now, especially through through COVID. We're talking about mental health today, um, and we got Toby back on because you've done a bit of study um, in mental health, is that right, or psychology? Yeah, I've done a bit of both. So um, I've done my training in life coaching hypnotherapy, and I've yeah. done about nine and a half years of work in disability mental health support and the search for in mental health. So I've been I've been in the field for for a little while. All right, perfect. So that's what we want we want to. Um, so that's our topic today. We're talking about mental health. So I think it's something we've been wanting to talk about for a while. But before we get into it, link us in, ads. Hundred percent. Let's do it. I want to start off with um, some statistics over the last year. So this is up to date to April 2021. So it's not um, most recent um, since we've been in lockdown, but it's still pretty relevant. So this is to do with all mental health. So this is the um, Medibank um, statistics. So between 16th of March 2020 and April 25, um, 2021, over 15 million um, Medicare subsidized uh, mental health re- uh, related services were processed. Um, and they delivered uh, in April 2000, half of the MBS mental health services were delivered via tele- um, telehealth in April in 2020. Uh, 2020. But then in April 25, um, yeah, 25th of April 2021, 20% of the MBS mental health services were delivered again. But in the four weeks of April, Lifeline received 82,000 calls, which was a decrease of 2% from the four weeks in 2020. But saying that, that's not including these current lockdowns. So we've been in lockdown since July uh, for all of New South Wales, all of Queensland and everything, all of Australia. So these would be, they're not the most recent, but still some crazy figures. But the Kids Helpline has um, received in the last year over 30,000 contact, um, contact attempts. But it's also it's a decrease from um, last year. But it's an increase from uh, 2019. Then Beyond Blue uh, received 22,000 contacts in 2020. 
and it was an increase this year by 30% in 2021, which is crazy numbers to think about how COVID, how lockdown, how isolation is affecting everyone in Australia, but also would be around the world because there's still something like 42,000 Australians not in Australia. Like, Yeah, that's crazy. What do, you, what do you think on those numbers, um, Toby? Do you think they've gone up since the, you know, the peak of lockdown? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, I haven't looked too much into the stats myself, but um, I mean, you can just feel the tension in the the world around. You know, where we're all human beings living in un, you know, unlivable conditions. Really, you know, we're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be stuck in one small space, unable to move. You know, you're not meant to be living. An entire 24, 48, 72 hours between three rooms. You know, it's one thing if you lived on a big house in, and you've got like, you know, 20 acres, you've got yeah. a view and lots of animals and all that. But then what if you're living in a one bedroom apartment in the middle of Melbourne and you've been locked down for the best part of a year or a year and a half? True. That. You know, so yeah. it's, it's definitely understandable the rise in it. And that's, you know, there's many other factors as well. You know, people being stuck at home in their relationships and having more dramas, you know, they're not able to separate and go to work or go out and live their lives. Yeah, it's just... Um, kids are having to be stuck home in a, within, amongst that fight, constantly happening all the time as well. So, and just the constant fear, you know, people walk down the street and you look at someone and you're, and you and they're questioning, are they vaccinated or are they not vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. And in some communities being vaccinated and to be fearful of. In other communities, being unvaccinated is something to be fearful of. So, you know, it's very much strange times. You don't just see another person and not and feel no threat naturally. You see a person, you wonder if there's a threat. If you don't see a threat, do they see a threat in you? True. 100%. Like, I think it's really crazy. I know with what we haven't seen our kids for a whole, a whole term. Like, I feel sorry for the parents. I feel sorry for the kids because, like you were saying, Toby, if you don't have a big backyard or anything, you're stuck inside your house. You can't go anywhere. Um, I know in where we are, we were a um, we are we still are one of the nine Titan LGAs of Sydney. Yeah. So we have we've been really restricted of what we've been able to do compared to places such as like Manly or Bondi where they have freedom, apparently. But do you think um? how the government's gone about it with the whole restrictions. Do you think the government's gone around it the right way with just forcing certain areas or should it be the whole, like, of Sydney? Yeah. I don't know. It's very hard to say. I mean, we haven't had this. We don't have this situation too often. It's kind of a, the first time in a such a modern, connected world where we have a pandemic pandemic that's yeah. spread so quickly. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, what, what's the other alternative? Yeah. You know, it's very hard to know exactly what to do to sort the problem out. And also, does the government have our best interests at heart? You know, we would like to think they do, but maybe they don't. You know, there's plenty of theories around conspiracy theories or that. But, you know, so at the end of the day, we don't actually know if it's public health that's, that's the best interest, you know. If it was, wouldn't smoking be banned? Wouldn't alcohol be banned? And there'd be a lot 100%. of things that bring so much money to be banned. So, I mean, yeah, maybe there could be a better way of dealing with it. I think at the at the moment, it's 
and it, to me, from what I what I see, I don't watch a lot of mainstream media, but from what I see, it doesn't really appear to be working that well. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we are creating a lot of other problems in our society. What problems do you see um, being created? Well, mental health for one. This is a you know for the reasons I mentioned earlier, but you know also just financially, you know the entire economy is falling apart, and you know. No one's working. No one's paying tax. Politicians yep. are still getting their pay. Everyone else has to suffer. You know, so you know you don't wake up and then think about oh, what I'm going to do. It. I'm going to got to go on a holiday in four months because that might not be able to happen. So even our ability to to think ahead is being shrunk and right down into the small chunks of time. So we're living, you know, in these small periods, like step by step. So one of the questions I have is. How have, this is for everyone, how have you seen people's mental health being affected since COVID? Like, has it been, like, how have you seen it change from before COVID to where we are now? So how has the mental health of people been affected? In my opinion, I think it's uh, um, very new to a lot of people. Just um, the feeling of, as you said, isolation and that, um, Toby. As, As humans, we're not made to be put into isolation and kept in the uh, restricted zones, I guess. But um, I think for a lot of people, it's fairly new and um, especially those people that are uh, very social. Like last year, um, I had a friend from school that committed suicide during the lockdowns from last year because he seemed like he was a very social person. Like you'd go out in the town or whatever and you'd see him every single weekend, like whenever you were out. And... I think um, that was his way of, um, I guess, distracting him from those demons inside of his head. His um, release was going out and socialising with people like that. And I think being isolated and put into lockdown, it's uh, made him spend more time with those demons in his head or whatever. And yeah, he ended up taking his own life from that. So I think it's, mm. yeah, it's very, a lot of people is very unknown and very new to, to many people. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it puts us a lot of pressure in all areas of life. Like we're under so much stress now. Um, you know, some people live in life completely normal. Like I've been fairly good throughout the whole thing, but yeah. this last year I've lived in small towns, so it's not as impacted as the bigger towns. But, you know, you're still having to walk out of a house and check out my phone, keys, wallet, mask. It's just an extra yeah. thing that you have to think about yeah. all the time. You can't go anywhere without it. So it's another apparent serious thing you have to have on your mind along with every other stress and life that we already have. You know, and then are you feeling slightly unwell? Could it be something? Could it be COVID? Do you have to go out and get a test? Yeah. If you get a test, then you worry about, do I have to go into isolation for 14 days? Is it going to affect my job? Is it going to affect yeah. the job of the people I work with and everyone I come in contact with? You know, it's just you can play out anything in your head. Um and it's, big, it's a massive drama. Any, you know, any direction is a potential for a massive drama. Do you think it's caused a bit of a divide too? Um, this whole, you know, the whole COVID and then vaccinations and stuff too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got, it appears like there's two sides, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Mm. But it's not, there's more than two sides. You know, you've got the... Mandatory, non-mandatory... Yeah, so they, I mean, everyone seems to be fighting different sides. You look at all the protests, and some people yeah. are there for, you know, masks, some people are there for vaccinations, and 
some people there thinking it's all a big conspiracy and the elite are trying to take yeah. over the world and cull off the population. Yeah. So there's multiple narratives that people roll with. Mm. But, so it's, it's, you know, it's definitely multiple sides, but there's so much division. So when you meet somebody, you kind of, you know, you might not have the conversation, but you are kind of wondering, yeah. what do they believe? Yeah, do you meet yeah. anybody over the last couple of months and not wonder yeah. where do they stand in this situation? So automatically we're, we're essentially trying to judge, not out, not in a judgmental way, but are you on, are you with us? Are you against yeah. us? You know, it's very much, it's primitive tribal times where it's our gang against their gang, this yeah. tribe against yeah, that true. tribe. And it's, it's vital for everyone to know where each other stands. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of stress that it's put in the world at the moment. I totally agree that's, with that. That's really Because, well, like, that's perfect. you've just made me think, like, um, you know, when we go, even just something as simple as going to the shop now, yeah. those new stresses yeah. you have, as you said, have I got my mask? When you're going out, are people judging you because you're walking too close to them? Are that's, people going to judge you because they didn't see you sanitised before you walked in? Sign the QR um, code. I think I spoke on one of our last podcasts. I went to the shops, this was a few weeks ago, plenty of room for both of us to walk beside each other easily, but he waited... In the like outside the doorway for me to walk out before he actually walked in, like yeah. it's yeah, it's it's crazy when you think about it now. All the well, new stresses yeah. and things that our that our mental health have to cope with now. So yeah, it's yeah. also the subconscious things as well. Like you'll walk past someone on the street, they might be twenty meters ahead of you, yeah. and they're already putting their mask up yeah. to yeah. shield themselves from your breath. So for that twenty meters, that ten seconds, you feel like a dirty criminal. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> And that's all going on subconscious. You don't really have to sit and think about it. But, yeah. you know, it's like subconsciously your mind is picking up that somebody's now taking precaution to not be harmed yeah. by your presence. Yeah, that was like today I was walking home from golf and literally this lady was like 20 meters in front of me. Um, her mask was in her pocket then all of a sudden her hand was in her pocket pulling it, and she put her mask on just to walk past me then she took it back off. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> what is this world we're living in yeah. now? <laughs> I just... It's not good for yourself to see. It's it's like that here in Sydney. Like I think here in Sydney, it's a bit more extreme. But yeah. what's it like in Port, Toby? Same thing or? Uh, no, it's not too bad. It is smaller population, but it is a lot of um, an, an older population too. Yeah. So you look at older people do typically just watch the mainstream media. So they'll be typically tend to roll with the fear there's a terrible virus destroying the world. We all need to be in lockdown and yep. wear masks and do everything we can to stop this thing. I mean, that's the narrative they're running with. That's the, that's the mainstream narrative. They don't really have a lot of the ability to go out and research yep. as much, you know, look at the statistics themselves or, you know, they're, they're living their life and they don't have the time to. It's understandable. It seems that younger generations um, that have the capacity and time to, to research a lot more and, and look into other options. Yeah, like I, that's right. how my grandma watches the mainstream. And every time, like I call her every day, but it's the same conversations. Are you wearing your mask? Do you have to wear your mask wherever you go? Like she does have um, like Alzheimer's, but it's always the same questions. She doesn't leave her house because she's like, yeah. she's been told and she has that fear that she goes outside her house. She's going to get COVID. Definitely. Yeah, and it's no way to live, is it? No way. I mean, I've, as far as the vaccination goes, you know, I get it. I was asked if I'm going to, at a job interview recently, I was going to get the vaccination or where I stand. That that was one of the first questions in the interview. Yeah. You know, what's your position on the vaccination? And 
you know, I, have, I haven't been vaccinated. I realised at some point I might have to be. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm in an isolated town. I'm, I don't need to do it for work. It's just not a priority for me. If I can get extra time to wait it out, I'll take that. Yeah. At the same time, you know, if the vaccination was really bad and everyone dies from it, then I don't want to be the only one left. So I might as well go with everyone else <laughs> anyway. So it's, oh, you, you can't really win either way. Yeah. That's it. Like, I know we're both um, double vaccinated. Um, yeah. And we've had conversations with colleagues, with people in public about being vaccinated, being um, not vaccinated. Um, like one of the biggest reasons what pushed me was travel. Like being, if yep. you want to travel, you have to be vaccinated, but also, um, like work, work was like really coming down saying, if you don't get, um, vaccinated, you could have to go like a long service or maybe lose your job or something. So that was a really, yeah. that was a big call for me, but like at the end of the day, it's somebody's choice. Yeah. My like my biggest thing is the whole mandatory thing. It should never be mandatory for anyone. It should be a I choice because that's what's our given God given right. I agree. I totally yeah, agree with totally. that. The reason I got vaccinated, like, I just thought you know I've had worse things in my body. <laughs> I'm tattooed yeah. as well. Like I've got I've literally got ink in my blood bloodstream from getting tattooed. So yeah. that's I don't know. That's the way I. I put it, but I, I don't know. It's up, it's up to you whether you um, want to get vaccinated or not. Like I, I don't care. I'm totally open minded for, for things like that. There's, I reckon, there's good arguments for both. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I totally yeah, think it is ultimately the choice of yeah. factor. So yeah. when you, when politics and you know medicine become too closely related, yeah. then you get problems. Yeah. You know, there should be an element of separation between government and politics and you know, health. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's got different conditions. You know, there's so many other options as well. Like I'm just, I don't like being told I have to get yeah. a experimental medication yeah. before even considering any other natural options. Yeah. You know, of all the natural or herbal or supplement options that change a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Like that, none of that has even been spoken about throughout this whole pandemic. Yeah. And that's it. And some people never... um never had the flu shot or never been vaccinated with anything. But now they're being forced yep. forced to without um, any real thought or anything. So it's crazy to see how much our rights and choice have disappeared in the last year. You know what really annoys me mm. is, and I don't know if you guys have seen this on like Facebook, but those people that have they're double vaccinated and they've changed their profile to fully vaccinated, you're welcome. I didn't know that I, was a thing. Yeah, have you seen <laughs> that? Have you, any of you? I I've saw one today. A, I honestly yeah, think I've seen a few of those like, um, filters. I don't. I, I think things like that don't come from a place of love. But then you have the other hand yeah. where you have people saying you shouldn't be vaccinated. Yeah, it's wrong for yeah. you and all that. You have both sides of the um coin, and I know we we have people who are on both sides of the coin. Yeah, I don't. I I, I saw that today, and I was like. Jerk, <laughs> I don't like. Yeah. So, I don't. Well, it's wearing. It's literally wearing it as a badge on yeah, your profile yeah, yeah. picture. Like, so say to wear something as a badge shows there's got to be an element of pride yeah. in that. Yes, but you know, and that's what creates more division. If you're if you're in one particular tribe or gang, yeah. if you're wearing it around with pride, mm. that's just more division yeah. from the other tribes or yeah. the other gangs. 
So it's, it's just it's just ingraining deeper in all that divisions. Yeah. When you see its little things like that, you know they're not big things, but you know it's it's what it represents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm vaccinated, and I got offended by that. I'm like, what, who who the heck yeah. are you? I, and yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand that why people do that. But like, I guess that's the narrative that's been drilled into the community. Like, if you just sit and watch the watch the news and listen to the radio, you're being fed this exact story that there is this deadly virus destroying the world. We all need the lockdown, yeah. do whatever it takes to get a hold of it. Yeah. Now we've come up with these miracle vaccinations, and if you get these, everything's going to be fine. But we need everybody to get it yeah. for everything to be okay. Yeah. And if you're not getting it, you're stupid. That's basically <laughs> yeah, what the narrative is. Yeah, so yeah. people don't, people just watch that, and then they'll start thinking, "Oh, it's all these people protesting that are stupid. People not wearing a mask are stupid. People unvaccinated are just anti-vaxxer hippies." Yeah, yeah. You know, and just attaching labels. You know, or giving the label conspiracy theorist. Mm. You know, the the media came up with a label conspiracy theorist because any kind of a conspiracy yeah. that you have a theory on, now you're a conspiracy theorist even if that theory is entirely true. Yeah, true. Yeah, 100%. And, like, you think about it, the media does put a negative spin on things. Um, you go to, like, the UK, the US, COVID's not really mentioned anymore. Like, since they've gone back, like, they're slowly getting out of lockdown, things are slowly going back to normal, the media doesn't really talk about COVID. But if you come to Australia, the first thing you'll hear on the news is... Something to do with COVID. You don't hear about yeah. um, things happening overseas, like the earthquake in Hades or anything. You didn't hear about the floods in March and um, yeah, the floods in March. What happened? Like what happened after? They just move on. They just wipe it under the like the carpet, but they keep sticking with COVID. Like you, that's a big media thing, though. Like media does. It's what's selling newspapers and 100%. they're the media and. Their job is to have people watch them and pay attention to them. Yeah, so create those stories. I, I believe they're just you know trying to stick to the story that's going to get them the most views, I guess. So, or what's well, it's the fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The nation is in a state of fear over COVID. Yeah, it's the media is making money off selling a story, mm. and it's got to be a story that people are interested in. Mm. You know, no one wants a good story. We like to hear good stories, but no one really cares yeah. people want the drama people want the chaos mm. people want the things that you know increase their fear mm. because when you got more fear you've got more excuses in life don't you mm-hmm. because i was scared because i was stressed you know yeah agreed and it's weird because they actually um they do change the um the story sometimes because i know i i was watching because they had the melbourne protests the other day um they yeah. went to the memorial in melbourne but i saw some videos like on youtube on tiktok on instagram where the people who were protesting were cleaning up the area um before that but then the media had um, a video of this guy getting really upset and it all was all um messed up but then i saw a video where all the police were like forcing him to move on so just the media's just pull pull strings pulls um tries to get all the negative of people. It's not the police's fault. It's always the community's fault, which is just, I think, is really unfair. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a question for you, um, Toby. So, in your opinion, do you think the government 
uh, took into consideration how people's mental health will be effect- affected during these lockdowns? Consider, it's probably considered. I mean, I think it'd have to be pretty dumb or to not realise there would be a mental health impact mm. when taking such you know big measures. But was it a priority? I think that's really the question. Is there is the community's mental health a priority? Yeah. Do you think they've done enough? Like when, once they've realised that it was an issue, like in regards to um, promoting it, like offering help and things. I think I've slowly started to see like support lines and things come up like that. But do you think? Yeah. Have you seen enough? I mean, do you it, think? Oh, definitely not enough. Yeah. I mean, it's all happened too quick. You can't change everything that quick and have everyone pleased. I mean, you know, government's been trying to please everybody forever and still no one's ever pleased you know it doesn't matter who's in power not everyone's going to be pleased so to make a a whole world of change in just a few months or a year and a half you're still definitely not going to get everyone pleased but you know at the beginning i remember going in to buy milk and i could only buy um two milks i wanted two um soy milk so one liter cartons but you know i couldn't get any more than that but i could buy two three liters of normal milk so although even the tiny things like that yeah they're all the little um, crinkles that need to be ironed out, and that takes a long time. Um, I don't think they've done enough. I don't think they truly do care about the well-being of everybody. Yeah. I just don't think it's a priority. I think money is always the priority above that. So you mentioned fear before. Do you think fear has been like the biggest factor with everything? Like even down to where people, as you said, you know, you were limited to one carton of milk um, because people were. Um, you know, stocking up and overbuying and um, yeah, well, yeah. stockpiling and stuff like that. Do you think fear is the bigger, the biggest factor in all of this? Well, it seems so. You know, the fear of the virus or fear of consequences of not conforming and doing what you're told to do. Mm. Um, fear of your neighbour if they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. <laughs> fear of the lady walking down the street without a mask on. Yeah. It's just fear from every direction. Fear from missing out on groceries. Fear from not being able to wipe the ass because you're running out of toilet paper. It's a <laughs> that one doesn't make sense to me, eh? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is, like pandemic or um, public holiday yeah. coming up. Toilet paper's the biggest stock up. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's it. You know, from a place, when you're in a state of fear, you're in yeah. fight and flight. Yeah. You know, it's your sympathetic nervous system. You're going to release a lot more cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Um, and that's going to be acidic. That causes inflammation throughout the whole body. You're going to have more mental health issues when you're in when you've got inflammation. You're going to have a lot more physical illnesses from inflammation. So I mean, logically thinking, how can this be about the well-being of people yeah. Yeah. when this is when the measures they're taking are creating more issues and more potential for issues amongst the rest of the population, not just the the vulnerable. Well, the thing about that, yeah, there's when, a lot of things. When it's coming to, yeah, right. let's make it a bit more personal, um, with all the restrictions and everything. How has like COVID restrictions and everything affected our mental health? How has it affected yours, Toby, Jordan's? How has all these restrictions affected your mental health? How has it affected yours, Ads? Oh, so um, <laughs> for me, the biggest thing is it's miss my thing's family. Mm. Not being able to leave yeah. Sydney, um, it's also, it does suck because um, my mum literally, like, I'm like, all right, I'm double jabbed, 11th of um, 
October's coming up. I'm like, I'm coming home because apparently you're um you're double vaxxed. You're able to do everything. Um, and my mum still says no. Nah, you know, like you you still can't come up. So for me, my biggest thing has been for my mental health has been my emotional side and being able to have that connection because I do like I like being blessed to play golf. But it's seeing the fam like my family has been the worst part. It's definitely I hide my emotions and my um, feelings, but I'm mentally drained from not seeing my family and being able to spend time with them. That's a hard thing. Like getting told by my mum, who's like the most important person for me, getting told, um, no, you can't, can't go and see her, has been a just been a yeah. It's been what I think it's been since no April, yeah, April, March, yeah. It's never been most of this year, haven't been able to see it, so yeah, it's been really hard not being able to see family. I think like it's good having Jules, having Jordan around, but it's just yeah, being able to escape the 5k's because it just feels like we're in routine. I just do the same thing over and over again. And like I know I had this discussion with um, Juliet the other day, saying, "I because I snap, I got like got annoyed, but I'm like I'm sorry, I'm just over doing the same stuff over and over again. Like we just watch movies, we just chill out, we can't go anywhere, can't do anything. So it's just being limited to do nothing, but also then I get frustrated when I watch the media." And seeing the double standards, but I'll come up to that later. So yeah, that's how it's affected me. Yeah. What about you, Toby? Yeah, I think that's a big one. Just not being able to see people because I've got all family up in Brisbane as well. Yeah. Um. You know, and I'm used to going a four, five, or six months without seeing them anyway. But it's just the very fact that I can't, even if I wanted to. Yeah. And so, so you know, you don't mind. Sometimes in in normal times, you could live a bit of an isolated life for a few months, watch some TVs, play a few PlayStation games, and just shut off from the world, you know? It is a normal thing. But when it's enforced, when you have no choice in the matter, there's all your control taken away. You know, what control do you have over your own world and your own life? Yeah. You know, that is, I think that's definitely a big thing. Freedom's a big thing for me. Like, I'm not very materialistic. I've never really cared much about owning things. Yeah. Um, You know, I've, Nearly every bit of money I've spent in my life has been for experiences or um, going places or doing yeah, things. It's not nev- not a lot of physical things. Mm. Um, so basically, that's in modern times, most of those things now I, I couldn't do what I would normally do. Yeah. You know, going places and doing a lot of activities or yeah, you know, it's very. I think it's it's very being very restricted. That's probably been the main thing, but also. As you're saying, doing the same thing all the time, you know, you don't feel like you're growing. Your yeah. mind's not expanding. You're mm. not doing anything yeah. new. We're being conditioned to live in a, in a like a comfort zone. It's yeah. a very repetitive, safe comfort zone. So when you when you when you spend all your time in a place of safety and comfort, yeah. you get used to that. Yeah, you get softer. Mm. You know, you grow by stress. Yeah, mm. but we should be experiencing stress in different areas. Yeah of our lives, not just mentally, you know, not just in the, what if this virus kills me? Yeah. That's a, like, I totally agree. Like the whole, just our freedoms, just losing our freedoms is, is big struggle. What yeah. about you, George? Yeah. For me is, yeah. Not being able to see my family as much. Um, 
like recently I I was able to get a travel permit to travel to Newcastle to see mum and dad. So that that really helped. But before that, yeah, I went what almost ten weeks without seeing yeah. my family in Newcastle. Um and it wasn't just that. It was like taking notice of what was going on around me too. I felt like I don't know about you, Adam, this term I felt like I was losing my credibility as a teacher. Oh, yeah. Like, especially being my first year out of uni, I expected more, but I never expected to be sitting behind a computer screen for most of my day waiting for emails to come through, um, talking to myself, making videos for my kids, um, and then even, like, observing people's, um, you know, as we spoke about people's body language and stuff, going down to the shops, like going down to Coles or Woolies, everyone just looks um, sad and depressed. Like you can't even see anyone smile anymore because of a mask. It covers up their smile. You don't know whether they're smiling or not at you. Yeah. Yeah, and then so, like seeing, you know, colleagues and things go at each other because they have differences in, yeah. in beliefs and things like that. So I was taking all of that in. It was, yeah, it was affecting my mental mental health. And it was it was actually a blessing that one of the boys, like one of our those friends reached out to us telling us how much he was struggling with all this because you know he wasn't able to see he wasn't yeah see family he wasn't coping and it was for me it was a blessing in disguise because the day before that message I was literally I had a bit of a cry in my room just sitting there just thinking like what the heck's going yeah. on like it's it's helped a lot having you know these boys around my housemates um having one of my sisters here but um I'm yeah, a massive thing for me is when, like, some nights where the boys would stay over their partner's place and I'm just there by myself, like, you know, I wasn't able to go anywhere or, or do anything. So that was that was a big struggle for me, was um just being by myself a lot. But, um yeah, I found that was a blessing when our mate reached out to us and told us that he was struggling and then I opened up and then even Adam opened up as well. So, mm. yeah, that was... That was see, what that does, it, that dynamic, it brings in a element of compassion and empathy yeah. mm. it's a complete distraction yep. from that state of fear and stress that, yeah. which is the world we live in now mm. it's a, a thick atmosphere of stress and fear yeah. so that brings something else in like you know someone opening up having opportunity for to show empathy love and compassion mm. you know it, it's a reminder of our humanity that's been lost in this last year and a half yeah, yeah. that leads to a good question um from one of our um, followers, um, so just Frost, she said, um, how do you express emotion as men of the modern world? Miss you, Jess. Do you remember Jess? Yeah, I know, Jess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so I'm the only one who doesn't, but <laughs> ask me. Um, this is really, I'll, I really like this question because for me, I'm very good hiding my emotions. Mm. I don't like showing, and I think that's most guys as well though, we don't really show, but I do... Um, like we just posted like our first YouTube video when we got our, um, our link to your shirts thanks to um, Rain Apparel, Pumbaa and Janice. Um, like I got emotional on that video because I was never expecting somebody mm. to make us shirts. Like, but that's just like raw emotion from something. But when it comes to something personal, yeah. like how I've been feeling about family um, or anything like that, I'm very much enclosed. I keep it to myself. And it's it's probably negative to do that as well, um, but I'm very much like I'll wear it on my like wear it and just not tell anyone, even if I'm feeling like rubbish, feeling like shit. But I um yeah, 
I think men tend to be typically a lot more just logical and rational. We like to live, go through life with our intellect. But that's also in itself a window to the emotion. You know, emotions is vulnerability essentially. Yeah. So before you, you know, before you go vulnerably into a, a potential risky space, you're better off going in fully protected. You know, strength first. Mm. You know, if you walk you walk through the door, if you've got a gun, you're going to hold the gun in first. The gun's the first thing going through the door. Yeah. You don't hold it behind your back and walk through your quick head through <laughs> first. You know. Yeah. It's the same thing. So if, if as human beings in general, but I guess especially men, we do tend to live more from the intellect, you know? Yeah. So I find myself like I'll talk I'm an open book, I'll talk about anything. Mm. Anything personal as well. But as the conversation progresses, that's when I start to open up more emotionally. Yeah. You know, it might some people you might get that connection where I feel I can trust this person. This person gets it. Mm. I can go deep really quickly other people it might take a couple of hours or they may never reach that point so i think just because people tend to be analytical doesn't mean they're not ones to show emotion it might take longer for them to get to that point where they're ready to show emotional ready to show that vulnerable side um and i don't think that's a bad thing i think it's quite a healthy thing you know like i said you're not going to walk through a door with a gun behind you, you'll have it yeah. in front. That's yeah. the smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, but how long does it take you to get to that point of vulnerability? Mm. Do you ever get to that place with people? Yeah. Now that's where everyone's different. You know, the more someone's been hurt, the less likely they are to show that vulnerable side again. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone does naturally show emotion. We're emotional creatures, and it comes out in one way or another. Mm. I think it's our expectation of how people should show that emotion that blocks yeah. us from actually seeing the emotion they show in their own way in their own time. I know for myself, like, you know, as I mentioned, like I'll, I'll, I won't always hold it in, but um, I mainly hold it in until, um, you know, someone confides in me or, yeah, yeah. you know, reaches out and then I'll share my emotions or whatever then. But yeah, it's something I think I need to work on is sharing my emotions and not just even my emotions, but even my opinions and stuff like that too. But, um, yeah, I'm more. Oh, I'm of the type. I'll, I'll hold it, hold it all in until yeah. someone you know opens up, or I'm talking to someone that that I'm comfortable with in, but in sharing f- their things. Do you find it um, that people these like females um, and men that they they can't have those emotional face to face talks? Do you, I? I think, or it could just be me. Sometimes I do find it hard or awkward to say all right george this is how i'm actually feeling it's easy to text it yeah i don't know i mean there's so many different groups isn't there i think um are we talking people in general do you find or men a bit of both yeah i think messaging easier we live in a world where that's what we do we yeah, yeah. you know where i mean now especially we have more interaction via phone yeah. or text than we do face to face with the world so we're being conditioned into that's being the new normal. So yeah. I guess it's easy to open up in that way. You don't, you know, you don't have to say a hard truth and try to manage the emotion on your face at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, I've always found it a bit easier face to face with people mm. just for the fact that you've got that more time. You've got, yeah. there's more, you can get more information out and you can portray it in the exact right way you want it. You're a lot more limited with messaging. Yeah, true. 
and how it comes across. Um, yeah. But in saying that, this kind of the time is I've definitely lost social confidence. I don't, I'm not as confident um, in group settings anymore or just talking to people all the time. You know, I'm a lot more internal in my head, yeah. like we all are. We're isolated from the world, so we live in our head. Um, I could run into someone on the street and just be caught off guard. And, you know, it's a long way to climb back out of the depths of my thoughts yeah. to yeah. be able to interact with the world again. So, you know, you, you then feel like you're, I've lost my social skills. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. You have that many panics. Oh, 100%. That's great. I got another. Um, this is one from cousin, Brad King. Um, hope you're having a good night, um, Brad. Good morning, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. But do you think the double standards um, that have been happening um, have led to more mental health issues? So double standards could be with um we'll take takes um we'll take Sydney for example, the Bondi Manly parties and beach gatherings, compared to the southwest and um western Sydney lockdowns, has the double standards um led to mental health issues? What are our thoughts? I think absolutely. Well, like I mean, there's so many double standards to the whole thing. Like, you know, what if you're turn the news on, then the Premier is telling you you have to shut down your shop. Yep. So now you're not getting any money to feed your family. Yep. Yet that same Premier is still getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's that double standard. There's so many of them. So, And I think it's with the double standards, the fact that you've got a point of comparison, you can see how you're affected and how the person affecting you or those on the other side are not affected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me as to why that was happening or that's happening in yep. Sydney. Like, I thought we were greater Sydney, you know? Yeah, I thought... It's it's not called Western Sydney or Southwest Sydney. It's greater Sydney, which includes... Bondi, man. Bondi and all that too. But, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand, like, um, because... It's hard to keep up with it all. Yeah, because if you look, like, like we live in one of the, you know, major... LJs of concern and there were um, actually times where we'd go down to our local shopping centre and there were military officers and police officers standing at the front ensuring that people had their masks on were checking in and things like that and for weeks too like every day there'd be helicopters and everything flying over us too so it was um, yeah it was pretty insane there was a um, last Friday there was a um police operation in um, somewhere near Bankstown, so in one of the LGAs of concern. But then we had, they had riot police, they had all these police there. But then Friday night happens and Manly and Bondi are covered yeah. with thousands of people in those areas, but nothing happens. There's po- and there's police patrol there, but there's, yeah, I don't know. Like, So that's my... Um, I think... <laughs> When people see that from like our area, we're just like, what the heck, man? We're all cooped up here and, you know, we're being told to um, social distance and everything like that. Wear like, your mask. Like during that time, if we were to go to the park and have a picnic or, you know, not that we do have picnics much, I think, you know, there'd be an uproar. Like if there was a whole heap of us in this community that went and did what you've been seeing in Bondi and everything, like there'd be an uproar, I think. Yeah. But, um, like I'm very much, I've always been 
like with the government, but that was I felt really betrayed by the government, like and the police. Um, you don't. I know I shouldn't say. Uh, I like watching YouTube, um, and some I saw a video, and it was this lady called Bondi Police Station from our area, saying, "Hey, just want to report all these mass um, gather- gatherings on the um, on the beach." But the lady said, "Oh, we're not part of um, Sydney. We're we're free. We're out of lockdown." <laughs> the police officer said that, like, we're in somewhere. We're in Sydney. Everyone's like, greatest city is. Campbelltown, like Penrith, Manly, Bondi, we're all greater Sydney. But having that big divide would cause so much. And you see all the shops closing. Yeah, and tying that in with mental health, like think of the people that in this area that have businesses that haven't been able to to open up or being able to go to work and stressing about, um, you know, being able to provide for your family and everything and they're seeing all this happening in in Bondi. And also like your sporting clubs, like, people find a lot of mental health relief yeah. in physical activity. Yeah. Like yeah. yoga is a big thing for me and I haven't been able to go to yoga. It's just, yeah. you know, one here has been shut down. A lot of them being shut down. It's yeah. all online. It's a different experience now. Mm. You know, people can't go out play footy or soccer or tennis or yeah. any of these things. It's like, and they're, they're social activities, but they're also yeah. physical activities. Yeah. They're incredible for mental health. And now some of the most simple solutions for mental health are completely out the window as well. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Anything about... I, I've been really lucky to play golf. Um, yes, golf, golf is an all-man sport, but um, I've been lucky enough to be able to play golf in this lockdown. And that's been... It's kept me sane. I know I had two weeks without it, and I was going crazy. Like, people who don't play golf, play soccer, play footy, whatever... Yeah. Um, Man, I wouldn't know how, like, because I, like, I like being outdoors, like being fit, but they, just all the divides, is just um, incredible. So yeah, I do, I do think the double standards is causing a lot of mental health problems. Mm. Yeah. Like not just, but you think about the children as well. If children can't go to school, if a six-year-old, ten-year-old, or Sixteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old can't go to school, but you can party on Bondi, go to the beach. There's such a um, big gap, and I feel that's where the government also is not pulling up. She's just wiping under the. I think the scary thing is what you mentioned in the stats before about um, I don't know if you know about anything about it um, but the youth mental health crisis is rising, like it's like it's getting younger, like the age is younger, getting younger with um. Especially with like teens and even I think kids at our in our yeah. in our schools as well. It's 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 kind of yeah. scary. Like, so that's specifically during COVID. I mean, there's a rise in youth mental health yeah. all the time anyway. Yeah. But what do you, what what's your yeah. um, thoughts around that? Um, like the mental health of youth. Like what what do you think the the factors are of that? I think so, there's a lot. I think one important thing is to truly be happy as a person and. In life, you need a you need to be balanced. You need yeah. you know an area of consistency in life. You know predictability and safety and security. But you also need an area of freedom. You need an area of spontaneity to be able to you know have the unexpected in life. Mm. We're living you know so. I mean that's all changed now, isn't it? We're kind of living simple, boring lives, but so boring and predictable. 
But then on the bigger picture, everything's unpredictable. You can't book a holiday for four weeks from now. Yeah. You don't know if you'll ever see a family member again if they live more than three hours away. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, in these stresses as adults, we, you know, we feel them. But we've also got the capacity to solve a lot of them. I think a lot of youth don't. And they're dependent on parents who may also not have the capacity to deal with a lot of these problems. You don't know what what somebody's household is like as well. Mm. Like you could have a family that um, is stuck together by the parents Mm. um, just because of lockdown, but the parents are going through a divorce. Or there could be... The escape could be the class. Leaving, like, the kid going to school is their escape from the house. But they're not able to. So they're yeah. stuck in those... Div- and um, how many more parents are drinking a lot more now? Mm. You yeah. know, how many are just getting stoned all day every day because mm. there's nothing else to do? Yeah. Um, you know, when was the last time, you know, a child was, you know, went out to the beach or mm. yeah. hung out with friends, you know? It's like, you know, we know kids are a lot more dramatic. You know, in at school, you know, your 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 girlfriend or boyfriend of like four weeks breaks up with you, then suddenly you're you know, you're you're suicidal and you're depressed. Yeah. And it's very real for that person, but that's the experience of a youth. Mm. It's a lot more dramatic. Mm. You know, they don't have as much life experience to to gain perspective on. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Alright, got another um Another question from one of our followers. Oh, this is from Janice. So she's part of um, Rain Apparel. So she says, um, mental health in our cultures and how it's approached. So this is one good one for Jordan. This is also um, um, Brendan. So your cousin also sent us a message about um, culture because I know um, a lot of our Follows the islanders, so islanders and their look on mental health and how they must adapt. I don't know, for, like I know from a younger age, um, and you, it might be the same for you guys. Like it comes from from generations, like putting that pressure on young boys to, you know, you got to be tough. You know, you've experienced it yourself as a kid. You were crying, and and someone said to you, you know, stop being a sook. Why are you being a little girl or something like that? Like, um, and I think it's the same with islanders. Like growing up, you know. You're a man. Um, you've got to be the stronger. You've got to be the strong one. You got to provide for the family and everything like that. And yeah, it's hard. Like I don't think in the Islander community we talk about it enough. And I find with a lot of footy players, you know, um, I think it's starting to change now. But even when I was growing up, the the vision was you either you know you either worked or you became. Uh, really good at sports or something yeah. like that um, to be able to provide for, for your family. And I know a lot of, um, you know, f- there's been cases where Islander boys have, um, you know, n- they've made the footy team, but then they've lost their position and they, yeah. they lose that money or that contract and they feel like, you know, that's it for them. Yeah, they, they think ending their life is, is the solution. But um, I feel like, you know, if they had that support, able to and felt comfortable to reach out to their own you know their own community for help um i think it'd be a lot different like um i think i think that's the big thing is our islander community um 
I feel like we don't do enough to allow those people to reach out when they're when they're struggling. Yeah. It's 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 either you know shush, don't talk about that. It, you're just being silly. Like I've I've heard cases where, you know, people have talked about being depressed and 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 uh, and anxious and things like that, and they've just been told, you know, you're just being stupid. There's something wrong with you. So, um, I think that's why it's hard for a lot of um for Islanders like Islander males to to speak up because of that that sort of attitude that's um, that's come from the culture. So, yeah, that, that's that's my take on it. That makes sense. You know, yeah. when you're in a position where within your culture or your community, mm. if you're male, that you've already got to you've already got to carry the weight yeah. of the world mm. and to be something, yeah. you know. And then when we're living in a very very stressful time, that weight suddenly becomes a lot heavier. Mm. But do you think mental health has been um, like I think when I was at school, so that's ten years ago, mental health wasn't that big of a deal like i know i didn't really hear about it at school but probably in the last five years it's definitely um become more part of the conversation Mm. even in the last couple of years just at work um mental health has been more of a discussion into children and the youth so do you think mental health is becoming more of a talk compared to a decade ago it's probably been spoken a lot more about now but definitely a lot more in the spotlight um i think it's always been an issue mental health you know where but also you look at go again a decade ago like how long have we had smartphones now we've probably had them for about 11 12 years so just over a decade before that we all had a little flip phones or um and you know we'd maybe take a couple of photos and send them to each other then when we get home we would go on the computer and maybe check out social media of some sort so that's in just over a decade, look how much our technology has completely taken over our entire lives. Yeah. You can be talking to 50 people at once, realistically, through different apps and different messaging platforms and then people right there physically in front of you at the time. It's definitely a lot more stressful world now. Yeah. And so in saying that, you can have social problems with someone that lives seven hours away from you yeah. and that could be causing you a lot yeah. of stress. That could be causing you heartbreak. Yeah. I feel like with um, you know, the Islander community, you know, introducing the Western culture into their into their or merging with their culture has yeah. provided those, you know, stresses and stuff too. Like, um, yeah. you know, Islanders back before Western settlement and anything like that, you know, they didn't care about, you know, um, you know, fancy cars, being able to buy a house, you know, the fanciest shoes, phones. It was very simple. We lived very simple lives. We provided for our families, we hunted, we spent time together. But now yeah. there's that pressure of, you know, um, the materialistic things, as you mentioned, mm. to have a uh, certain status in life, own multiple properties, to um, drive the flashiest cars, dress fancy and everything like that. There's all those stresses with um, within our Islander community too that I think, you know, affect the way like they think and the way they look at people and, and, and judge each other too. And, and they look at themselves and start to judge themselves and, 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 they, mm. and that brings them down as well, those things as well, so... I think that's another big factor in, in our Islander community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, like, I, like I've grown up, like, with a single mum for, I think, most of my life. Um, I think, for me, it was also having the right people around me. Mm. Um, when my um, parents divorced, I was really blessed to have a group of guys to take me under the wing. 
like I wasn't the most um I was pretty like introverted but those guys were able to support me help me and they were people that I could talk to can open up to and I think that's what some people actually need and like if you don't have that support network around you your mental health will struggle if you don't know much about mental health being able to find that network of people to have a conversation with even just to catch up go for a walk just having those opportunities to find that supporting network is so important toby do yeah you definitely i mean you can you become what you hang around you know yeah. the people you're around the environments you're in yeah. you know i mean that i mean we should be able to you know choose to hang around those that empower us inspire yeah, us you know it's not easy um if you're stuck with certain people in a workplace or um if you're in toxic relationships or if you're being abused by parents or or if you've got no friends at all it can be very hard but ultimately that is what's going to shape us yeah. you know the company we we keep around yeah I totally agree with that but yeah you are who you hang around yeah uh, i i totally agree with that toby like I feel like you're a reflection of the people you hang around with and they're a reflection of you. Like, um, I think I was having yeah. this conversation only yesterday with our housemate, Daniel. Like-minded people hang with each other. And I, I, I totally agree with that. I don't know about you guys, if you agree with that, but I, I think yeah. that's a, it's an actual thing. Like, you're, you find your, I guess, your comfort zone of pe- yeah. with, with people. So, yeah. That's good. I like that one. With mental health, is there... A m- um, this is another one from Brad. Um, is there a modern day expectation on put on the people? Like, think about what Jordan was saying about um, how as being the male that in an island community, you have to lead. Is there an ex- um, is there an expectation for you that weighs heavy on you that you might not live up to it? Because think about it, you have four sisters. Yeah. You're the only male. Mm. Yeah. Like, do those. Do you have does your like does your dad put higher expectation on you and does that affect how you feel? Yeah, growing up, I, I kind of felt it, um, but nowadays, um, I think the pressure now is more, you know, when am I going to get married? When am yep. I going to have kids? Those kind of things. But um, yeah, like the whole like being more of a man thing, it's not really a thing anymore. But yeah. I think that's my stresses now is like. When am I gonna, you know? When am I gonna become a father? When am I gonna get married and things like that? Yeah. I think the stresses, the uh, um, expectations, come with the position, you know, the state of your identity at what point you're in your life, yeah. whether you're a man or a woman, or you know, if you're, are you a cop? You know, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on you now. Yeah. At this point in time, are you a doctor? Are you a politician? You know, are you a student? Yeah. You know. Your career is going to, there's going to be expectations you know, attached to every kind of a label you have in your life. We all carry a lot of labels. Yeah. And that's, you know, and those, that's all mental health based as well. You know, any kind of a pressure means we need to excel and in a particular area. Yeah. What about yourself, Eds? Do you feel any expectations from the modern day? Stress you out or? No, um, for me. Besides COVID. <laughs> no, no, one of the, to be honest, one of the biggest things growing up, I, I've always been skinny. Yeah. 
I've always been the smallest kid in the room. Um, I think because you you think as mental health is, you can break it up to spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental. Mm. Um, one of the biggest has been physical, mm. um, because um, you've seen I've seen kids that's like when I was at school, I was tiny. I remember, um, I think I was in year eight, year nine, and I remember this girl. Um, she was, I think, three years above me. And I remember she threw me into the bus window. And I, I was oh, tiny. Geez. Like, um... What, in the same year? Nah, she was three years older than me. Ugh. But I weighed, in like, year, year 10, I weighed 40 kilos. Wow. Um, so I wasn't very, like, I wasn't very big. But... But expectation, the physical expectation of thinking... Alright, I need to be six foot tall, be like eighty kilos, has always weighed heavy on me. And that comes with my eating problems and that's been probably been my big expectation of not from my parents but from myself saying I need to be this, this and that. And that's been really tough. I've had conversations with people who went through similar things. I've been able to speak at like youth schools about what I went through yeah. but the whole me looking like have to look like like Chris Hemsworth or something but I think that also comes to girls as well yeah, you think of social social media girls have that I want to be like um, like Aria Grande or uh, who else I don't know some <laughs> like Kim Kardashian Kim, I think the Kardashian every girl oh not every girl but I see the majority of girls in Instagrams like they copy the Kardashian yeah. look. Like I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, man. so that's my, <laughs> I think that's my biggest struggle is the whole physical side of yeah. um, my expectation. Mm. Like I kind of, I, I try and own it what I look like, but I'm like, yeah, I still. You do fine. Like I, I actually, I don't know if I tell you this enough, but I actually envy you and your. Um, like very fast <laughs> your tablets. size because like yeah I, I put on I pack on weight so easy I don't know how this guy struggles I wish I had that problem of struggling to put on weight <laughs> like and you uh, you know I, I look at you too Toby and I, I'm, I'm jealous of you too yeah I gained my first belly roll throughout <laughs> <office>. <laughs> it took me 30 years yeah. but I got there yeah. I still haven't like if Adam comes and he goes oh yes I've put on weight I'm like what can't even like you can't even yeah, tell you can't like, tell Whereas if I put on weight, you can easily tell. Like, yep. so easy to tell, but yeah. Like I'm still waiting to hit seventy kilos. That, that's a stress I wish I had. Yeah, <laughs> my, my yeah. when I get there, I'll yeah. be celebrating. But yeah, yeah that's my biggest struggle. It's not really expectations from my mum or anything, because yeah. she just wants the best for me. Mm. But it's the whole physical side, yeah. which is just all internal as well. The internal thoughts. What about yourself, Toby? Any are there any like modern day pressures you feel or that you that stress that sort of moment, cause you not stress? Really, I'm just not going right. with the flow of life. Like I'm at the, I'm at a point where I'm just kind of at peace with yep. whatever happens next. Yep. Um, you know, it's a comfortable place to be, but you know that might change with the next big global event that happens anytime. You know, <laughs> true that. Um, but I do. You know, like what you were saying, Adam, the stress that you put on yourself, I think yeah. that's also a big one. If we put the pressures on ourselves, you 
if we think we have to be a certain way, we have to have a certain level of academic intelligence or social intelligence. We have to look a certain way. We have to be able to do certain things. You know, like seven, eight-year-old kids, they deal with this, um, these sort of pressures by not being good enough at Fortnite when their friends yep. are. Mm. Yeah? They haven't, they're not dealing with the problems that we do as adults, but yeah. it's the exact yeah. same thing. It's like you're not socially meeting a level where other people and yourself deem to be the appropriate level for you to be at. Yeah. So you feel like you're less than. When you're feeling less than, um, you know, the less you are, the more everything else is. So then you feel that weight of everything else above you because you're less than it. What's saying with the kids? Yeah. How do you think the kids have been, the kids and the youth um, have been affected during um, lockdown with their mental health? How do you reckon children, like, say, or let's say 10-year-olds mm. to 18-year-olds, how do you reckon their mental health has been affected? The biggest thing, like, can you think back when you were a kid, you loved spending time with your friends, yeah. um, being able to do things with friends, but, uh, yeah. I don't know the the use the help of technology probably assists with that, but um just the, I've been I think that physical contact with your friends you know being able to you know play touch footy or something like that I think that'll be the biggest thing, but then again I think that we the generation today of kids they're more a lot of things they do are online these days like whether it's you know TikTok gaming, um, what else YouTubing things like that so. I don't know. I wouldn't know. It might be different from when we were kids. So I think that for me, if I was a kid, it'd be like um, being able to see my friends and things like that. But, you know, there's kids in other situations too. You know, um, there might be kids in foster homes or being, you know, um, living in abusive yeah. environments and things like that yeah. too. So, yeah, you don't you don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, there's, you know, countless reasons how this can affect mental health you know and in some people realistically the see some people might be strengthened through all this you know some people in their circumstances might be feeling the right amount of pressure to actually grow from and not be torn down by um but you know evidently there is a lot of people and definitely kids that are, are suffering you know kids aren't able to interact like we have you know i remember a time i'd just go up and hug everybody now I don't know if I have to shake someone's hand or True. give them their elbow or well, stay two meters back. That's definitely another stress yeah. too. Like, you know, greeting people, even people you've known, you know, friends and that. You, you go up and you're like, what do we do? Like, it's almost like. Yeah. I, I'd happily hug anyone. Yeah. I don't care enough to not hug people. <laughs> yeah, I'm too. a hugger. But I'm worrying if that person has a problem with the hugging. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I don't want to do it and invade their space and, yeah. Yeah. you know, trigger their fear. It's not that I've got an issue with the hug. It's that I don't know if that person does or doesn't. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't have a problem with a handshake, but you don't know if the other person crazy. does. That's definitely another. Because for me, I'm you know, every time I see you boys, I'm, I always hug you, give you a hug or yeah. whatever. But I don't know now. Like, you go up to them and you're like, enough. like, what, what is it? What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like we're going into attack. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, I forgot about that one. But That's yeah. a big thing. Like, I'm a big handshake. I was going for a handshake. Yeah. Like, even at... Golf today. This I met a new guy. Went straight in for a handshake. He's like, "Oh, I don't do that anymore. Sorry." I'm like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> but yeah, it's all yeah. Those... And then it creates a little awkward situation. Mm, yeah. It's like, so not only do I have to constantly worry and stress about these about how to greet someone yep. on top of every other stress in life, 
And then if it goes wrong, yeah. now I'm going to have a few moments of awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. that's going to affect my ability to socially interact yeah. for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the greeting, it sets the tone, doesn't it? So, you know, you had to play, what, how many holes? Four you hours worth of golf. Four hours worth of golf with that guy after he's rejected your handshake. Like, I know, it's a bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it does, it's like, you know, a handshake, any kind of a positive greeting, it mm. basically is, like where say we're wild animals, we don't know if you're. I don't know if you're a murderer, if you're a psychopath. I don't know if you've got good intentions yeah. or bad intentions. Yeah. But if we can start at a common place of a positive handshake, you know, positive greeting, yeah. right now we're on the same level. Yeah. If we don't get to that stage, we don't have that greeting. If yeah. if instead of a greeting, it's an awkward feeling, yeah. Yeah. you're still going to be wondering: Can I trust this person? Can I not trust them? Do, do they trust me? Yeah. Do they have alternative motives, whatever, yeah. Yeah. the entire way through that interaction? Yeah. You know, which is, again, is another reason people aren't going to open up with their mental health. Yeah. If you haven't even been able to shake someone's hand, you're probably not going to pour out your heart for them. True that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Totally agree with that one. All right, here's another one. This is from um, Just Cheer. So, how are you maintaining to keep your mental health stable in COVID lockdowns? So what have some been um, ways you've been able to maintain your mental health? But don't also don't forget, mental health also comes under physical, yeah. spiritual, emotional. I know you haven't been able to do like go to the yoga studio, um, Toby. So what what have you been doing? Like I know that's probably one of your ways of relieving stress. Or yeah, I find um, it's not just about doing the things that's good for you, but also recognize the things that are not good for your mental health. Yeah. It's, especially in these times, it's very easy to fall into just habits mm. uh, and just living in a routine lifestyle, doing things that aren't good for your mental health. Yeah. Now, you know, if that's you come home and you have a couple of beers in the afternoon, yeah. that's okay. But if you've been, if you have a couple of beers, even one or two beers every afternoon, but then you're also not doing anything else during the day, yeah. you know, you might not have your first one at five o'clock. It might turn to two o'clock. might yeah. turn to 10 a.m., and by continuing, so be aware of something that of how the things you do could be turning into a pleasure seeking, yep. and not. And it's usually the things that were once treats. You know, you could go to work, work a full day, go for a run, come home, have a couple of drinks. Mm. It's a treat then. Yep. But now that you can't do anything to actually earn that treat, it just becomes a pleasure seeking. And we do that in all areas of life, whether we're just binge watching so much TV because, and we make the excuse that there's nothing else to do. Or we're playing like hours and hours of PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. Yeah. Or we're just sitting there watching videos on YouTube or on Facebook for four hours. Or we're eating like crap food or we're not doing any kind of exercise. Whatever it is, it's the things that do leave you feeling unfulfilled. Mm. And they're usually the pleasure-seeking things. So I try to be aware of any areas of my life where I fall into that. Yeah. Um and, you know, if you're going to have any kind of a treat, make a game of it, earn it first. Do something to earn it. Like, if you want to have a beer, maybe wash the dishes first. Just do something beforehand to have that sense of achievement. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I, I do that. I'll try to make a game out of it if I can because, you know, what else are you going to do yeah. during this time? <laughs> um, but diet, I think diet is also a big thing. You know, it's, yeah. are we drinking enough water? You know, are we getting enough vitamins and nutrients into us? Do we get enough minerals into us? Yeah. You know, 
if we're worried about a virus, that's probably a good area to start. Mm-hmm. Be become healthy, because when you're physically healthy, you're definitely yeah. going to be more mentally healthy mm-hmm. as a result. Hundred percent agree. Love with that. that. Like I've just started um, getting back on um, on track with my my eating and exercise again. But yeah, I think this is what day three or four. Yeah. And already, like my head's been a lot clearer. I've been sleeping a lot better, um, and just been a bit more productive too. Like I've finally jumped on and done some schoolwork that I was supposed to do probably in the last few weeks. But um, yeah, honestly, I I've, I agree when you're um, you know, when you're physically fit, like eating well and everything too, your yeah. mental health um, becomes well as well. So, yeah, I, I 100% yeah. agree with that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's about getting out of the head as well. We live in our head too much, you know, and yeah. if you're living in your head all the time, just yeah. overthinking everything, yeah. you know, all suffering comes from the imagination. It's either remembering the past yeah. and giving meaning to it mm. or anticipating the future and giving meaning to that. So, you know, right now, I mean, if you're sitting on your bed right now, you can certainly say, why worry? Why stress? Yeah. Why be in a state of fear? Why have any negative emotions? Because yeah. there's nothing causing negative emotion right now yeah. other than your thoughts, past or future. Yeah. So if that's happening, you know, we're spending too much time in the head, get out of the head, yeah. get into the body, focus on what you're putting into the body, focus on the movements of the body. They're really good. I love that. Um... I know for me, like these, this lockdown, I probably haven't been the most productive. I know we've done a couple, like we did, like we plan to do a lot of things, but we're like, oh, we'll we'll get to it, we'll get to it, get, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, just that lack of motivation, eh? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say it's partially. It's, I take fault for some of that too, but yeah, just the the lack of motivation, and I think it hasn't helped. You know that. A lot of our job this term was sitting down looking at a screen. screen. And um, for most of the day, like that's what teaching became for us is sitting down and looking at a screen. Whereas Mm. at school, I can easily clock up 20,000 plus steps at school because I'm up, I'm walking around the classroom, I'm walking around the school and things like that. Whereas I don't even think I was doing 10,000 a day in the Um, last last term, yeah. My steps died. Yeah. (laughs) But um, like I know... Like, you know how you're saying make a game. I know me and my mum started doing a game where we, cl- like, cleaned. And I'm not a, I'm not the biggest, like, I don't like cleaning, but it was fun to actually do something with my mum. Like, even though she's in Newcastle, yeah. being able to create a game with it. But also, I was, I've read, I've read mm. um, the last 14 weeks. I think I've read, these holidays, I've read two books. So I just sit in my bed and just read. So I think that's really been really a good strength for me, just being able to just read, catch up on all my books because there's been so many books I've actually wanted to read. But we're saying maintaining. What are some strategies people can do to um, work on their mental health and well-being? What are some strategies we can suggest for people? Throw it to you, Tobes. Start with Toby. Um, I think writing things down is always good because remember again, mental health, it's all, any kind of mental illness, it's all too much going, it's an overwhelm of the mind. Yeah. You know, if you get those things out, um, you know, put it in song or interpretive dance if you have to, get it out in some way, write it down, it's always a big one, getting your thoughts out. You know, you read it back to yourself 
out loud, and this sounds stupid, it probably is, because the things sound very different in our head yeah. than when it's spoken out loud. I like that. That's one, that's one good little tool. I mean, there's lots of little tools like that you can do um, just to be able to get a different perspective on the, on the thoughts that are causing your suffering. Um, you know, breath work is a, is a very powerful one. I do a lot of breath work. So, um, you know, we're constantly shifting between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So sympathetic is your um, fight and flight. That's a stress response, so releasing cortisol. In your parasympathetic, that's rest and digest. So it's just, that's where that's when we're relaxed, we're calm, you know. Now with the inhale, we go into the sympathetic, the fight and flight. With the exhale, we go into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. Now, if we want to spend more time in a, a rested state, a state where our body can repair itself, where we're calm. Um, we need to have spend more time in the exhale. So doing breath work like a four-second inhale and then a six or seven-second exhale, slowing down that exhale, that'll take you into the parasympathetic, will be a lot calmer, and our body will heal and regenerate a lot better as well. Just breathing. <clears throat> Man, I need to do that more. I like that. Like even um, I loved... um meditating with my class i'll just chuck on like some music and i'll like the kids will just lay down somewhere yeah um i can that would be that comes in with breathing i don't know if i have any i don't like what works for me might not work for anyone else um that's it and that's you know i enjoy our walks yeah so i think walking really helps and and just you know switching off from like your device in that moment too like when we walk and we don't even look at our phones or anything like that. And being present, yeah, um, in the world yeah. around us, like I think that really, um, for me, that that helps that's, a lot. That's the big. It's it's important to know just to be able to discern within yourself what what leaves you feeling good, mm. and what leaves you feeling like you just had a hit of dopamine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things that you can just go watch porn and masturbate. Yeah. That's not going to leave you feeling good. And, build inside yeah you know there'll be good feelings to it yep. but it yep. doesn't leave you feeling fulfilled yeah yeah you know? yep. um whereas going for a walk probably does you go for a two kilometer walk yep. you've moved your body you've you've been naturally breathing better mm. uh yep. you're getting a different environment where your your focus isn't so much on your thoughts your focus is also taking in a lot of the external environment yep. which is not just your your kitchen and your bedroom Knowing that difference between what's just what's actually fulfilling and what's just a bit of satisfaction at the time. Yeah. Once we can discern that between those, we can then make choices yeah. upon what's actually going to make me feel better. Yeah. Oh, I like that. What about you, Ad? You got any tips? Um, so my like what I've done is I've gotten back into golf. Like I had four years off playing golf. Um, competitively and seriously, but this lockdown, I've been able to practice nearly every day, yep. play nearly three, four times a week. So I've really just dived into um, something I'm passionate about and something I really love. But I've also taken the time to read. So just you just need to find something that helps you, teach you. But I like what Toby was saying um, about five minutes ago about 
your eating, working on your eating, working on being healthy. Like, this is, yes, we're in lockdown. Yes, we can't go anywhere. But this is an opportunity for you to set um, routines, to set habits. Because creating a really, um, like, um, a good habit is so important. If you're just going to, like Toby was saying, you're going to have a beer at 5 o'clock, then 2 o'clock, then 10, o'clock, 10 a.m., that's not a good habit. Yeah. But if you're going to say, all right, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m., I'm going to go for a half-hour walk, then I'm going to come home, have my breakfast, have a shower, yep. then I'm going to hang out with my kids. If I have kids, sorry, if you don't have kids, I'm going to do something like productive for a couple of hours, yep. then I'm going to have lunch and have that create that routine. But when normality comes back, um, that you're like, all right, Yes, I've I've got I just add it to work now. I put all right, this is work now, but I have my morning routines and my afternoon routines and I have those positive habits. Yeah. The thing I can tie it in with like with what Toby was saying with like, you know, eating well, exercising is our our bodies are like engines in a car. Like this is the way I say, you know, if you put rubbish fuel in your car, you put the wrong oils, you don't maintain your car, you're not gonna get much um life out of it. And I feel like our bodies are like that too. Like, we prov- if we provide ourselves with the right fuel, the right food, um, you know, we look after ourselves physically. I think our our mental health runs well, and uh, the rest of our body, it's all we're all connected. Like everything's connected too. So, I I always relate it to like even when I was a PT, I'd always relate the way um, our body moves and everything to the engine of a car because that's that's yeah. Probably well, the your body's your temple. It. You can look it into yeah. many analogies of the same thing. Yeah. You know, if your body's an Airbnb, do you want to charge $100 a night or $4,000 a night? Depending yeah. on how you treat it, look after things and determine the value of it. Yeah. And, like, you know, if you're putting good things into your body, your body can handle a lot more, can yeah. handle a lot more stress, mm. physically, mentally, and emotional, yeah. emotionally. So, so during COVID times when the world is extra stressy, mm. you know, you don't want to be living off McDonald's mm. three times a day, every day. Yeah. Like... Alright, I know Jordan's um, spoken about this. Um, one big positive with lockdown has come out is the ability to save. Like, lockdown's actually able to um, help cut down expenses. Um, yes, it's really good to be able to go and do things, but it's also helped um, in some positive ways. What are some probably a random question, but what are some positive outcomes that has lockdown come from lockdown? Um, I, I think just the, um, for me, it's it's made me appreciate um, things a lot more. Um, you know, we look at, you know, being able to travel, being able to spend time with people whenever, you know, um, when it's convenient and everything like that. Like, you take those simple things for granted, even being a teacher – being able to have my kids present in my classroom and, um, you know, being able to teach them and um, enjoy their company. I've taken those moments for granted. Like, we take those moments for granted and I've really started to appreciate things a lot more too. So I appreciate, you know, my friends and my family a lot more. And, um, yeah, I've I've, I've learned to save a lot more too. So that, that's really – that's been a positive for me. Um, but, yeah, just, just cherishing the simple things in yeah. life is what I've – that is what I've learned through this this whole um, COVID and lockdown thing. So, yeah. What about you, Toby? 
Yeah, I probably agree with that. I think we don't have as much bigger distractions anymore, so we can kind of learn to be content with some of the more simple things in life. You know, just going for a walk is amazing after you've been stuck in a house all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go down by the river, go down to the beach. You know, you're probably a walk now on the beach, you're probably going to take more notice of the beach and the sky and the ocean than you would have three years ago when you're staring at Facebook the whole time, mm, yeah. caught up in so many other social situations. Mm. Uh, I just feel this current world, it does it allows us to be more grateful because yeah. it, it creates a backdrop of yeah. to compare. Yeah. Even something yeah. as simple as being able to give someone a hug or shake their hand like yeah. that. You cherish that so much when you're able to do that or when someone allows you to yeah. do that too. So that, that thing too. Absolutely. Yeah. Ads? Um, one of the biggest positives is, um, and I think we did start late, was I am grateful like for um, a positive like the use of technology mm. to be able to have my four-hour Zoom with my family every week yeah. has been a real blessing because... I was like, I do miss my family, but just having that opportunity to see my grandma, listen to my grandma prattle on about all her random things, <laughs> seeing my auntie and uncle, uh, talking to my sister, just having that ability just to gather, even though we're all in different places. Mm. But yeah, also, yeah, just how much we take things for granted. Because yeah. yeah, I'm with teaching and everything. I'm definitely going to, when the kids come back, time and effort into them yep. than I was before because it was gone like a whole term and I'm like, man, this is why I do this. That was my um, why behind teaching is the kids. It's been a good chat. Been a really good a, chat. Yeah, I've enjoyed this one. But the biggest thing you need to take out of it yep. though yep. is your mental health is so important. Yep. You can't just leave it um, unattended. Um, can't just leave it. You actually have to put time and effort into your mental health, create those connections, create those um, networks, but also take a minute of your day, five minutes, um, just wake up. I know I got a, I got a journal, what I do, um, and at the morning I set a goal for the day, I write down how I'm feeling, uh, my gratefuls and all that, yeah. but you do need to take time to look after yourself. Yes, we're in lockdown. Yes, things change um, every day. Yes, there's the 11 o'clock news. <laughs> but your mental, your physical, your spiritual, your emotional yeah. is so important. And if you're not looking over the, after those, um, it's going to decline. And we don't want to see that. Mm. Making a number one priority as well. Like it's easy. Everyone can value their mental health. And yeah, mental health is important, but they're still putting it below every other responsibility in life they've taken on. And, and honestly, you've got to make it a number one priority, even above yep. other people. Yep. You know, you can't, you can't feed someone when you're star- starving to death. True. Yeah. Yep. So it's like nothing comes above your mental health. I mean, if you're a parent, you should still put your mental health first, even above your kids. Because yeah. what sort of a parent are you going to be when you have a mental breakdown? Yeah. You know, we've seen many stories, um, in our lifetimes of parents having, you know, just a psychotic moment and killing kids. That stuff happens. Yeah. Not if 
mental health is the number one priority. And I think that's, you know, if that means you've got to leave your job, leave your career that you worked hard for, so be it. Yeah. Because that's worth nothing if you're dead from suicide. That's exactly what, um, so the last podcast I was talking with uh, my Uncle Tim and he, he spoke about, you know, the reason why he left um, teaching is because, you know, what what it was costing him to stay in the mm. in that position and he, he was finding himself, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Both ends. So, yeah, I 100% agree. Like, um, whether it's your, your job or a relationship or something, yeah. um, I think it's, you know, we have to prioritize ties our mental health in those situations yeah. and yeah you know decide you know whether it's you know worth it or not what yeah. the cost is so yeah because yeah. you can always rebuild a life mm. but if you're if you're not healthy physically mentally emotionally yeah. if you're if your body the vessel the car if that's not functioning you can't yeah. rebuild anything mm. you know if you can make yourself strong yeah. and throw everything away you can 100% rebuild back a life even better than before but you need the functioning vessel that's healthy to do, in order to do so. Yeah. Um, before we end, um, I don't know, like if you're listening to this, um, mental health is really important. Um, and there is, um, if you want to talk to people, there are things like Beyond Blue, uh, Lifeline, Kids Helpline that you can contact um, and talk to professionals. But like, I know Jordan and I just two teachers toby toby's in um port quarry but if you need to reach out um and talk to people we're here well i'm always up for a good conversation but that's what the link joe is for we're about linking people linking stories together we're not just um here to put on a show we're actually here to help people to support people get a laugh out of everyday life but and that's what mental health is. It's um, banding together, helping each other. So we had so many more questions too, like they came through the um, our Instagram post. But I think if we spoke around them, this podcast will go for about three hours <laughs> plus. <laughs> but um, no, I appreciate your time, Toby. Thanks for um, sharing your thoughts with us. Hopefully, we can catch up soon. Um, yeah, Joel, thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks for doing this with me too. So always, appreciate. Always no, fun. I really appreciate. It. I really, I think it's cool that you know males can come together and, and speak about um, speak out on mental health too because it's you know even though it is there is more awareness around yeah. it like I still think it's still a massive issue for for men to to be able to speak out so yeah yeah because it is a- yeah. and it will be for mm. a long time yeah. but these conversations it's the more every little conversation yeah. every little recording yeah. every little video every little meme or post on social media it's yeah. creating the awareness yeah. 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 No, 100%. But no, I appreciate your time, Toby. I'm um, sorry to keep you so late and sorry for the late start as well. But, um, no, that's all good. It's been a pleasure. I no, appreciate you hopping on, and uh, we promise this one will be a lot more better quality. This 100%. Time around. <laughs> and, uh, I'm really, um, really grateful for Toby. But like we end um, every podcast, um, grateful. Okay. We always finish with a grateful. So, Jordan, what's your grateful for this week? Uh, my grateful is um, that travel permit that was able to get me to Newcastle. So I'm grateful for that, being able to see my my parents and my family there after what, however many weeks it was. But um, no, I really appreciated that. But that's yeah, that's my grateful for today. Yeah. 
Toby? I'm grateful that I can... I've just been able to find a great place for peace throughout all this time and, and choose not to be bothered. Yeah. You know, if everything falls apart, so be it. I'll deal with that when it comes. Yeah. And that's not to be neglectful about life, but just to not sit in the worry and the panic of all the what if. Mm. You know, it's from that space you can, you know, you can then maintain friendships and relationships and, yeah. and everything else important to you in your life. But when you're in a state of stress and worry, you can't do anything. True that. Yeah. To so be able to find that place mm. um, and just, and it's an internal place we can find. You know, you don't have to have all your circumstances aligned to be able to find peace. It's a choice, but it's not an easy choice. Um, my networks. So, like, my family, my Sydney family, um, golf, like my connections at golf, just being able to communicate, hang out, um, see people online, see my family online. Um, I wouldn't be able to get through this without my networks, even Jules. I can't. Can't forget without jewels. So yeah, just the people in my life at the moment, I've been really blessed because I wouldn't be able to get through this time without them. So yeah. All right, guys, that's it for the Link Duo today. Toby, thank you once again. Thanks, Toby. Ads, thank you as well. Thanks, George. Um, I think it's time to link us out. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah.